good people of Los Angeles. Tonight we talk with Jimmy from Beer Belly. The guy's a friend of ours, a guy we all know, a person who's delivered beer not only to Bank of California Stadium but to Koreatown, Los Angeles community. It's really cool to hear his, his story about how he got started in beer, how he got started with LAFC. Um, I hope you guys can, you know, pop a beer, eat some delicious wings that we ate, and uh, enjoy this podcast. Uh, just to let you guys know, uh, we're in a backyard in Expo Park. There are horns honking. There are helicopters and planes flying by. The Pendulce truck. Um, rain today. Uh, and there's quite a bit of cussing, so it's not safe for work. Uh, but we hope you guys have a good time, and uh, thanks for listening, guys. FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod. We're two scholars and a dickhead looking to the football world through a black and gold tinted lens. And uh, sometimes lightning strikes a Yeah, us. we are still in the backyard of Dweezy Spot. Uh, rain clouds are above us. There is lightning and thunder. So we might have random breaks. Uh, today on the pod, I have, as usual, Josh to my left, Dweezy right across from me. I'm your host, Slim. And today we have, as a guest, um, to me, LAFC, we pioneered a lot of things. It was our first year last year. Uh, this gentleman, to me, has pioneered craft beer into Los Angeles, Koreatown. And we appreciate that for him because we know how much our black and gold community loves beer. So, say hi, Jimmy. How are you doing today? Hello, hello. Cheers. Hey, Mr. Hophead Jim. It's our first time me. doing beer on the pod, guys. Yeah. No Henny today. Yeah, Henny didn't send the chance. Hophead so. Jim is in the house. We ain't trying to disrespect. You know, what we do respect is Jimmy put out a plate for us. Jimmy catered his own interview right now, and so we have three plates of wings right now. Jim, can you tell us the flavors that's going on? We got buffalo blue cheese, we've got volcano chipotle, and we've got a cilantro, um, cilantro wing sauce that's not, that's not spicy. Okay. Honey cilantro. <laughs> Dude. All right, you sold the first two pretty well. The third one. <laughs> it's not spicy. It's not you know, spicy. No. Some people Koreans can't love spicy. spicy. I know, I know. And what are we drinking today? You brought us a good selection of beers right now. Oh, yeah, I see of course. some really colorful cans. We've got some Three Weavers here. Of course, you could find it at the Beer Belly stand in the stadium. But Three Weavers, we've got a Kolsch, and we've got Expatriate IPA. Uh, I brought a Modern Times Black House Dark Beer. And uh, just some random samples of some hard kombucha because, you know, people because he got it like that yeah it's free also yeah. so <laughs> we're gonna drink it you're out here you know you know dweez messes with the seafarer three weaver seafarer pretty hard but you know when i saw that hard kombucha just like, <laughs> just like when the pandusa truck comes by i, I had to pick it up because i'm that kind of guy guys i'm yeah. that kind of guy this I hard that- kombucha has activated charcoal in it yeah. I feel yo the, i feel the charcoal activation going on inside Jesus. of me right now right the curled mustache don't lie, bro. You knew he was going to go for that fucking kombucha. I, I am so all the cliches quickly. that you think I am. Yo, and more. And more. And more. Um, so as Jimmy said, uh, he's not only the founder of Beer Belly, both in Long Beach and Koreatown. He also was one of our first vendors at the Bank of California. He runs the business that provides the energy that we need to, to do what we do at the bank. Tell me about your history with beer, Jim. Like, how, how did that happen? Were you 21 when you first tried beer? No, hell no. <laughs> hell no. Uh, being L.A. born and raised, growing up in K-Town, of course, I was out in K-Town going to all the pool halls, mm-hmm. all the bars, all the clubs, like, I don't know, 15. Did you, did you remember your first beer? Your actual first ever beer? My actual first beer... Probably not, no. I don't remember exactly. Because there's probably six or seven that followed it, so you can't quite remember the first beer. And the first beer probably came back up, so did he really have a beer? Mm. You know? 
but I will tell you a story. <laughs> uh, growing up in, in L.A., uh, I had some hyungs. Uh, we were drinking. Hyungs are like the big homies. Uh, it's also used as your older brother. But anyone that's an older Korean, it was, it was respecting you called them hyung. Yeah, so, so I was, you, you know, 14, 15 years old, and we were all drinking. And uh, we were having a drinking contest, you know, who could who could down of a course. beer the quickest. Mm-hmm. As you do. And I was coming in second place every single fucking time. <laughs> right behind, of course, the best guy who, yeah, who's yeah. number one. Uh-huh. His nickname was Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> so Yo. naturally, I was Aqua Boy. <laughs> and what does that mean? I'm going to fucking drink a lot. Mm-hmm. So I did. Mm-hmm. I drank a lot, downed a bunch of beers. Uh, of course, puked my brains out, course, blacked nice. out. Uh, after that, I couldn't drink beer for maybe three, four years. Mm. I swear mm. to God. Jeez. Went into college and I was like, if I just tasted beer, just kind of a gag reflex. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was that was a big taste aversion. But you know what? I came back and I, I came back with a vengeance. <laughs> yeah, you came back strong. Damn, so, revenge so, of Aquaman, dude. Aquaboy, Aquaboy returns. Over hey, here. by the way, speaking of Aquaman, shout out to Steve Bettajord. You guys see the ESPN Plus series? Yeah. He, he he goes by Aquaman because he would always be drinking too much water and getting the the good scores on the hydration chart. <laughs> I did not know about that. Wait, I heard tidbit. Just I, I heard tidbit. soccer players. When they got to pee mid-game, just take a knee and pee out their shorts. That's a thing. I don't think it's a professional thing, but it's that's, a thing in rec leagues Sunday for sure. Yeah. Sunday Sunday okay, okay. The beer league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, come on the pod. Address this question for us. <laughs> be, be the authority on this. But uh, getting back to beer. Yeah. Um, Jesus, that's, that's, yeah, that's so, story. so you took that break. You came back. Where'd you go to college? UC Riverside. Hey, honestly, I'm, I'm glad you didn't become a gambleholic or a meth head <laughs> no uh, was, is that in the I got the meth out of my bro, system early oh shit no, no meth was in the Asian community meth was everywhere when like Jim and I were growing up in this area like, even I, among like young kids like, every, like yeah. oh, for I, I know a lot of tweakers yeah no our high school days permanent, bad tweakers permanent it was crazy damage. like tweakers like you know the, the, the sad story of like the, the dime the freshman dime that turns into just Wow, just oh, no. sad stories, you know. Yeah, that is sad. But um, but yeah. So the Riverside is kind of known. There ain't much to do out there. A lot of my homies that went to Riverside were either at Morongos or doing meth. <laughs> yeah. So shout was... out to you guys. I'm glad you guys all made it out okay. Or playing on the club soccer team. I remember going out to UC Riverside to play club the soccer against L- LMU <laughs> against uh, Riverside. Yeah. LMU. We were doing meth and cleaning our room versus oh, Mobile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> versus Riverside. Yeah, that's uh, the yeah. saddest turn in this podcast history. So far. Bro, thinking about I'm the... just saying, there's history. Um, there is history. So Riverside. So during the college years is when you. Were taking your beer break yeah what's your rep in college like as a, as a drinker as a partier what, what's going on what's what's hop what's was, uh, what's jimmy looking like? i was co-president of the korean american student oh, Association. let's go where my casa heads at yeah. oh shout out to casa i got a gun pulled on me at a casa now you see now you see why i own a beer bar bro the casa dance-offs bro were all the little asian college shorties was that growing up yeah, Damn. Well, do you, yeah. you want to tell that story, Slim? Uh, so Casa has a dance-off between all the other universities in Southern California. Mm-hmm. UCR, UCLA, Cal State Long Beach, mm-hmm. um, USC. Like, all of them have a Korean-American student association. They all rent out a club and do a dance-off. At one of the da- You know, all the Asian ratchets come out for Casa Dance-Off. That's where you come mm-hmm. find your fresh meat. Um, you know back then I was in that fresh meat area and then you know fights all tend to break out when that many drunk Koreans get together um Fights broke out. Or like, was it like I, dance fighting or fight? Popping a Yeah, that dance fighting was a New York thing. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Um, fights broke out. We were like, "Fuck it, let's leave." Roll out to the parking lot. Fucking Van Nuys Asian boys pull up with the motherfucking T like a TMP dog. A Mac Ten. These guys pulled out a semi on me. Um, I was. I tried to hide behind a car with my fat ass. <laughs> like, hey fool! <laughs> you fucking bang! I've come out with my hands up. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to go home. <laughs> well, you're here today. I'm here today. Uh, you good. Made it. The glory days of Southern California oh. were. 
intense, bro. I don't really like you guys on me here, six dude. times, but that's a whole nother. Oh, well, Jesus. you're here today. <laughs> We're going to do one gun pull story per pod. <laughs> hey, Sean, At random times when we feel yeah. like it. So yeah. stay listening, folks. Here, here, Sean, put, a, put in a gunshot here, dude. All the story that asian americans or people that played pc games growing up needs is one of them was at a pc bar <laughs> oh yeah oh for sure they happen beef happens yeah. well yeah. in the midst of all these gun pullouts what were people drinking back then what, were, what was the beer scene like in 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 you guys's college days in the Coors light yeah natty ice Mickey's. natty ice natty light Mickey's, well, if you want to be grimy. Mickey's. Yep. Natty, Natty Ice, Natty Light, I feel like, was not an L.A. thing. No, I think we were just racist, and we were like, that's the white beer. Exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly. Hey, that's, I mean, I'm a white guy. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's PBR, boy. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Yo, yeah. Sean, get that on the soundboard. I'm a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a white guy. I'm a white guy. <laughs> my, my cousin who lived in Mountain View, you know, suburbs, mm. he's the one that put me on Natty yeah. Ice. I mean, with Koreans, when we were young, 15, 16, 17, the only places where we could drink were the Korean bars. So it was Height, OB, OB Kas. Mm. There was no cloud there's back no, then. There's no, it's not very premium beer. It's, it's beer that's good to mix your soju bomb with. Yes. Height or Kas? Is better. All of the above. (laughs) In America or in LA, height is king, and in Korea, cost is king. I will say, growing up in K Town, uh, I was an OB guy. I would drink OB because it had a better flavor to me than height. It all tastes the same when you drop the soju in there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. Is wasn't it a lot like that for you growing up? Is we were doing a lot more bombs than anything. Yeah, I still do. Koreans. Shit is refreshing. Koreans and the the soju bombs, peer pressure drinking, Aqua Boy, Aqua Boy. Oh. Aqua Boy can only be created with peer pressure drinking. Like, how much can you throw down? Spell out for the people how to do a proper soju bomb. You drop it in, you drop it to the side, you just take it out and drink it. Sixty percent, sixty percent filled of your little ass beer cup that they give you at Korean bars. You fill up your soju shot to about 80 percent. Or you know, I fill up my soldier shot well, to hundred. Right, so okay, I'm, I'm I'm over the age of twenty five now, so I do uh-huh. seventy eighty percent. <laughs> but back then, it's usually a hundred. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to learn like drinking games where you're sitting around a table, like Koreans have drinking games down to a T. Like if you just go around Korea, if you ever visit, go around. It's way easier to holler at a group of girls out there. They'll sit and drink with you. They'll teach you all the fucking drinking games that are out there. It's explain, explain the group sit girl of girl, group of girls sitting down with you at a table. That's because that's the thing in Korea. Yeah, is that you have three of your bros here. Mm-hmm. We have the four of us. We see four other ladies at the same bar we're at. Mm-hmm. We ask them to sit down together. Yeah, and so uh, your 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 success rate is probably like fifty to twenty five percent. We talking about meeting. No, not even me. Like, just like you're at a bar with your homies, and there's a group of girls that have like equal numbers. They're they're open to to sit and drink with you. Yeah, yeah. You dance fight. But <laughs> but the but the actual execution of the bomb, you drop it in the glass. Yes, yeah. it's in not the a glass. No. Yeah, in the glass. You know, you drop it unsanitary softly, mm-hmm. and you cheers, and you have to drink all of it in one shot. Yeah, you have to down it. Yeah, no sipping. So everything's bomb. one shot. Every time you pick up your glass to drink. You're cheersing everybody, if not just like at least one person. There has to be at least one person drinking with you at all times. It's a Korean thing. Peer pressure drinking is a real thing. If you want to learn, come out with us. We'll teach you. Let's do if it. If you wait, will something bad happen between those two ingredients? Yes, will they separate. You owner the pemory. To the top, will one go to the bottom? Not at all. Not really. There's Your ancestral sort of ghost will come out of the Someone fucking will no. slides and kill you. <laughs> hey, but they, it kind of does. In the Irish Irish version of that drink Explain I explain Thusly Now that we're in St. Patrick's Day month Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Brennan's On Washington Boulevard And Lincoln Or Lincoln Boulevard In uh, Westchester Yeah Yeah, Playa del Rey All kind of borderline Different neighborhoods They open at 4 in the morning They do their whole St. Patrick's Day thing It's obviously hard to get in You have to like Wait in line to get drinks So the first year I was eligible to go as a 21-year-old, mm. I remembered going up, and I, you know, of course you get the car bombs, blah, blah, but I didn't have enough hands to carry all the, you know, to carry the, the Baileys and the, and the whiskey in one hand, 
and in a shot and the beer in the other the guinness in the other hand so i was like you know what i'll just pour them in so sure. i poured them in and then i was like oh, I, I really need to use the bathroom before i go so i like set them up on the on the counter pee go back outside second i go to drink it you know i probably a minute and a half has elapsed yeah chunks like hard chunks yeah of coagulated what the failings. fuck yeah yeah like Fresh car bombs coagulate like, oh. yeah just like smack it against my throat and of course I'm a poor college student so I gotta finish them which I do just like we gotta take a break real quick cause it's actually starting to rain on the okay computer. it's we'll be boring. right back We're back after a quick move out of the rain, under a nice little awning now, so we should be safe. Awning. Christmas At least from that. The sounds will continue. <laughs> but the disgusting alcohol stories from St. Patrick's Day have only just begun. Just kidding. Uh, dude, let's get into like how you go from being a student at UC Riverside to coming back to the city and birthing this idea for beer belly walk me through that real quick walk the good people through it okay well growing up in koreatown of course i partied a lot even though i went to uc riverside i was back every weekend every other weekend to go you know clubbing go go out and and uh see my family it's not too and far so away moms could do the laundry <laughs> <laughs> we know how koreans roll dog <laughs> And then, uh, sure, growing up in K-Town, you know, you're always out and about. I, I think I had a very good food and beverage upbringing. My dad was also, I guess you could say, a foodie. Okay. Like, I mean, he didn't make it a big thing, but one thing, he never cared how much the food cost. He oh. just wanted good food. So if we're going out, you know, we go out, we eat sushi, we eat whatever, lorries, you know. It, it doesn't matter how much the food is, really. Um, he didn't spend money on a nice car or nice clothes or anything like that. But when it came to food and liquor, I mean, his shit was Johnny Walker Black. So yeah, naturally, that yeah, became yeah. My, my thing. See, uh, I know your dad's classy. My dad had this ugly ass fucking velvet pouches with the Crown Royal. In oh, it. he <laughs> he went through that phase. <laughs> I can't. I I couldn't stand Crown Royal. Disgusting. Uh, he went through a Chivas phase. Mm -hmm. I don't like Chivas Regal. And then when he went on to the Johnny Walker Black, I was like, Oh, oh thanks, okay. Dad. Yeah, <laughs> splendid, splendid whiskey is palatable, you know. Uh, but so growing up in Koreatown and eating a lot of good food, going out and drinking. Did you guys have a favorite, like, family spot for food? In Koreatown, might have been the Dragon Restaurant on Vermont. Jajang, yeah. Yeah, well, Is it still there? Yeah, yeah it's still there. New I don't owners, think I've ever been there. New owners, yeah, it's changed a couple times. Yeah. But uh, it's a big place, so it's great for family gatherings. Jajang Chinese-style mm. food, duck. They got great duck. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, and then besides that, uh, it was like Laurie's. That that was kind of like the formal like. K Town Once in a Blue Moon. Sizzler heavy. Oh, so I grew up. Yeah, I grew up in K Town right there next to Chapman Plaza. Mm. When I grew up, it was it was literally a market. It was still Chapman Market. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Um, but yeah, the Sizzler over there across the street from Chateau. I've had yeah. many many birthdays over there. Hey. Uh, all you can eat shrimp and and the cheesy bread. Give yeah, me all yeah. of that shit. Oh, the cheesy sure. bread, dog. <laughs> Hell yeah, good. <laughs> but so you know, growing up in Koreatown around all the good food and drink, it was just natural. I was like, I I always wanted my own my own place, and it was actually a sports bar. A sports bar I always really wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, a sports bar. Uh, but it, it never happened. Um, I'm sure we have two TVs, you know, three TVs, a uh, third TV on the back patio at Beer yeah. Belly, but it's not really a sports bar, sports bar. We, we change it into a sports bar every now and then. <laughs> we, mm -hmm. could, we could add 50 TVs and <laughs> no, get but there's, I think there's something, I mean, sort of a tangent, but there's something about going to places with too many TVs that... It's too much, you know? Like, you just... It's, yeah. like, it's overwhelming. Yeah, maybe just for the game you're in there, and then you're like, get me the hell out of there. Mm -hmm. But what I like about Beer Belly is you can go there. <coughs> you don't have to go there for necessarily for the game. Like, the food's, you know... Just you, the moment of the beer. You guys don't need to, like, fill it with TVs because you have other things to 
go go in for it. But continue. Yeah, I mean, we we would hope people actually talk to each other instead of watching the TVs or mm-hmm. on their phones. If you had the desire to start up a sports bar, then that means you were a sports fan growing up. I was. So what were the sports that you were following? Of course, uh, basketball, big Lakers fan, okay. and football, American football. Um, I didn't have a team. Okay. I was from L.A., so... You know, uh, I rooted for whoever had my I had my money on. <laughs> That's all that I cared about. Uh, shortly after and fantasy football, you know, uh, yeah, the sports betting life. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> baseball, of course, I'm a Dodgers fan, but I wouldn't say diehard as much Great as sport for sports betting though. Yeah, never got into it. Never got into it. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy's eyes are darting around the room right now. Basketball and football were the, were the two main ones. Yes. Okay. So, all right, let's continue on with that. So, from your upbringing, your, your, your pops being a foodie, um, to a certain, as much of a foodie as I've heard a Korean person be, that, that's pretty much, when you hear of a Korean foodie, that's what it is, like how much money they're willing to spend on their food. Um, so that graduated, so how did you end up owning your own spot? Like, what was, how did you get that? Around 2008, things were just kind of on the low. I came, I actually came from real estate. I was doing a lot of real estate. And 2008, there was a little recession. Mm-hmm. Economy was a little bit down. Uh, I got married in 2009, and I, I just uh, thought, hey, um, in this downtime, why don't I do something that I'm passionate about? Mm. This was an opportunity for me to take a risk because everything's down already. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not that big of a loss like let, let me do something I'm passionate about and I was passionate about beer so uh, I thought about other options I thought about a wine bar mm-hmm. I thought about a cocktail bar I thought about a champagne bar uh, I thought about a Korean fusion bar you know doing fusion tacos kalbi tacos or fusion food mm-hmm. but the more and more I got into it I wanted to do something different the wine community was a little snobby. Uh, the champagne bar idea I liked a lot, but people weren't dropping two hundred dollars for a bottle of rosé. Yeah, champagne's kind of expensive. It is, mm-hmm. and uh, it just the more and more I got into beer, the beer community, going to breweries, meeting beer people, mm-hmm. everyone was so down to earth. Mm-hmm. And I can remember a time I, w- I went to Eagle Rock Brewery. And I'm just sitting there at the bar. Mm. Uh, they have no TVs because they want people to talk to each other. Yeah. But so I'm talking to two total strangers to my right and left. Mm-hmm. We're just shooting the shit, talking about sports, politics, beer, whatever. And I'm like, oh, what do you do? And the guy on my right's like, oh, I'm just in between jobs. I don't, I don't have a job right now. And then I look over to my left and I'm like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> what kind of doctor? He's like... I'm a brain surgeon. Like, oh. <laughs> All right. But I mean, that, that, that was kind of that moment where it's like, holy shit. Like, everyone's in, you know, shorts and flip-flops just hanging out. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Yeah. Uh, beer's kind of that universal beverage, down to earth. You just hang out and shoot the shit. So it's- I was like... The, these are my people. Hell yeah. It's yeah. like the football of the beverage world. Yeah. Man, that, was, that was a great story. <laughs> no, that was awesome, man. So what, what craft beers, breweries existed at that time? Who had a presence? Because I was just finishing, finishing college around that time, and I wasn't super <coughs> hip to what beer communities existed in L.A., like craft beer. There Obviously. wasn't too much. There's maybe less than a handful of mm-hmm. craft breweries mm-hmm. in L.A. then. But you had your major ones, like Sierra Nevada, uh-huh. Fat Tire, that's New Belgium, right. Fat Tire, uh, Anchor Steam. Mm-hmm. And Anchor Steam is actually one of the first ones that really, really opened my eyes up to craft beer. I, I was just sitting there drinking an Anchor Steam at some restaurant, hanging out, bored. And then I started reading the bottle, and they start talking about why it's named Anchor Steam. And it's a whole steam brewing process that's different than the regular brewing process. Yeah. Hence the name Anchor Steam. And uh, that kind of moment was just like, wow, uh, there's, there's so many more brewing methods behind your regular beers. Mm-hmm. 
I want to know more. I want to taste more, and I want to see if it's legit. Is it good? Is it bad? Do I like it? Do I not? Right. And that just kind of started my foray into craft beer. That's crazy how like the the four you mentioned are now just the heavyweights. Like they've all been bought out by someone in, in that case, or no, not at all. They're the biggest, and sometimes some smaller craft breweries will argue that they're not craft because they're so huge. I see. But they are still independently owned, and yeah, they're they're kind of the the godfathers, forefathers. Even Sam Adams. Mm-hmm. So Sam Adams, Boston Beer. Uh, they're they're huge, but just because they're big doesn't mean that they're not craft. They actually give out loans to new breweries. They have a loan program wow. where they're helping new breweries, startups. Uh, the hop contracts are big. The hops that they use to make beers. Yeah, there there will be big breweries that come in and monopolize the shit and just take all the hops for themselves mm-hmm. and be like fuck everyone. Mm-hmm. But they have a program where they're like, no, we're not, we're not about jacking all the hops and screwing everyone over. Like, uh-huh. no, let's have like a trade program, make sure, you know, there's some fairness to accessibility for hops. So yeah. just because the big companies and big brothers are so huge mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that they're not craft. They're just, they're just big and they still do their part to be part of that craft beer movement. But ultimately, it comes down to if you are playing dirty, mm-hmm. if you, if big corporations are spending their money to manipulate markets, do shady shit, illegal shit, yeah. to kill the small mom and pop business, yeah. the small breweries, mm-hmm. just so they can dominate the world. I mean, that's really what craft beer is about. Uh, where are you spending your hard-earned money? Are you giving your dollar to some fucking corporate company that's just going to screw everyone over? Or... Are you giving it to, you know, an honest, you know, honest business, honest company, honest living that uh, takes care of their employees and cares about their product and is is doing it right? Okay. You know, I think in what you just said, it brought up a lot of um, miss, uh, a lot of things I need to clarify in my own head, which is, can you define what craft beer is and then how much of that is countercultural to, let's say, like an Anheuser-Busch? Like, what, what is a craft beer? So the big corporate companies have paid a lot of money and put a lot of energy into commandeering the word craft. Mm. So even now, if you get if you get super geeky, craft beer is not craft beer. Everyone uses the name craft beer. The big companies, yeah. Anheuser Busch, you know, Coors, whatever. They buy. They've bought out small breweries to say, "Oh, we have a craft IPA." Good examples of these are. Dallas Point Sculpin, sure. Lagunitas IPA, Goose Island IPA. Those were, at one time, small craft breweries, mm. but they got bought out for a lot of money. And now these big companies are fronting like, oh, we're craft. We've got a craft IPA. And right. no one really knows. Yeah, that, Gold, that's funny. That's Golden Road. Golden, Golden Road is one of those that got bought out. The, yeah. They and, got, and I mean, just as a case study, Golden Road, I, I'm not a beer expert by any means, but my little 7v7 team in Griffith Park used to go to the Golden Road up in uh, uh-huh. up in Glendale after every game and we'd like get our pitchers drink our beer do our thing or get up off of that brown and all that when they got bought like not only did the in-house change but like I sensed the change in the taste of a lot of like the things that they had going on like I do think that they try you know I mean when you're dealing with scale and you're trying to like reach everything, things like I'm sure that the ingredient process gets streamlined when they can, they'll probably like try to buy a more cost-effective, you know, replacement for a certain ingredient or a certain method to make something more. Well, time. corporations do, right? Exactly. It'll. It, and so, gotcha. despite Golden Road still having the ill cans and the dope LA designs, ideas of all that, like their beer to me does not taste the same as it did four or five years ago. I forget when they got bought out, but that was one of the big, the big craft deals I think in the city, right? Yeah, yeah. that was huge. So mm-hmm. craft. It, 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 it does it simply mean not a corporate huge corporate entity like is it a mom and pop like what 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 exactly is craft beer sure so now the the real term for the hardcore has changed from craft beer to independent beer Interesting. which means it's independently owned uh-huh. uh, it's still a gray area if an independently owned brewery 
has a big investment from some, you know, investment banking group or whatever, uh, who's really calling the shots. But it's called independent beer now because is it owned by some conglomerate or is it owned by, you know, a self-ruling running operation? And ultimately, the beer speaks for itself. So, you know, uh, the more you drink, the more you try. Uh, If it tastes good, you know, you like it. And if not, you can guess why it might not taste as good as it should or as it did before. I like that we're getting real musical on them in the beer world now. We're talking yeah. about indie. Yeah, is, that, is that indie beer you got there? <laughs> got an independent beer? It pretty much sounds indie like, label? like like craft breweries, like, you know, like white America caught wind of new slang, so it stopped being cool. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 So, all right. It's, so it's, it's, it's so funny that I... Craft I, brewery sounds cooler, though. Yeah. Right. I, <laughs> right. Rolls right. off the tongue. No, but, now, but now you see, like, even billboards in L.A., I think you see, like, crafted in L.A. It's mm-hmm. like, it's Bud Light. Bud Light because they got the Bud Light factory out oh yeah yeah I've been in those meetings like this is exactly what they do is they buy a piece of something that's authentic so they can claim it themselves and then they turn a they they spend 500 to a million dollars in marketing money against it and then see what the people think about craft beer after that exactly it's not a fair fight tell Uh me why why you didn't just explain fucking Galaxy's marketing plan (laughs) (laughs) they just fucking take the shit from everywhere else Jesus yeah I mean on that note I'm driving to Exposition Park (laughs) right next to the stadium since 96 with Alison Drini I think on on the billboard I'm like fucking billboard voice so disingenuous it's just like you guys have not had any advertising a billboard presence in LA almost ever and then all of a sudden as soon as the new team comes in you're buying up all across USC area right are you saying that you don't throw billboards at your problems <laughs> Josh <laughs> to be fair if I had the money alright so this is completely off tangent but I had a conversation with my homegirl who visited China a little while back and she was talking about how millionaires in China are straight up just putting billboards of themselves like marriage billboards putting their net worth on that shit (laughs) (laughs) yo and that was our galaxy bashing portion of this evening moving on brought to you by Jimmy do you want to sponsor the galaxy (laughs) (laughs) no so like let's let's bring these two ideas together now just so everyone understands how beer belly came to be you got a budding interest in craft beer a budding interest in beer the beer communities and you got a guy who really wants to start something uh, of his own after a life of enjoying deliciousness uh the day that it starts or the moment that the spark what what was it how did it like go from there to what we have now I got a random email I got an invite Ooh. a special invite um, from someone in uh, LAFC the Bank of California Stadium and they said hey we're putting together our okay hold up hold up you're going you're going ahead we're yeah you're, you're jumping how, how you you went from that bar stool talking to those two gentlemen to how Beer, to belly, beer belly was born. The birth of beer belly. Oh, itself. the birth of beer yes. belly. Sorry. No, no, no we'll, we'll edit it. No, we're going we're gonna to go back to, to that. Yeah, we want to do the second segments about yeah. LAFC, so. Yeah, yeah, Okay. How beer belly was born. Yes. So, after some thought about what we need in Koreatown, I, I was just set on doing something different and unique, and I thought Koreatown needed better beer. I was like, all right, I've got this little garage in the back mm-hmm. of a parking lot. Let me just get some cool beers. How did you find that garage? Real yeah. estate life, bro. <laughs> I know, but, <laughs> I, I know, but like how, you know what I mean? Like how did you decide, like, all right, this garage. It's not that, these other garages. Real Gs one. don't put out their plugs like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it was just, it, it was actually, I was pitching it to someone else. And mm. they just, they were so close, but they didn't want to <coughs> make the plunge. And I said, all right, fuck it. If, if they don't want to do it, I got confidence in it. I'm going to fucking do it. You're like, I just got married. The economy's in a downturn. I'm going to take a huge risk. This is going to be great. Let's freaking go. That's our boy right there. Yes. And it fucking was. Let me do something that makes me happy. Hell yeah. And to everyone out there, if, <coughs> if you're not doing something that makes you happy, uh, it's definitely worth the risk to... You know, see see what's out there and, and do something that makes you happy. Hell yeah! But uh, yeah, so I made the I made the gamble and uh, I I got this spot and I decided to open up a little 
craft beer bar in the back of a parking lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it'll be cool. It's a, it's a small little bar, 12 taps. I thought I was going to be the chef, honestly. I mean, oh, for real? Yeah. Wow, okay. I'm a foodie. I like to cook. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's, it's just a chill bar. I'm going to pump out some munchies. Just fuck around. Fry a bunch of shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Deep fry everything. But, uh, Shout out to deep fried Oreos and Twinkies at, at Beer Belly, by the way. <laughs> Thank if you. you. Ever have a fair bean. <laughs> so I went to a little culinary program, did my training, learned the basics. Damn, respect. How and then you? I staged at a legit restaurant. All right, what's staged? Staged means uh, tryout. I did okay. a tryout, a Ooh. test run at, at, a, at a decently fancy restaurant. Not fancy, but like... It wasn't crappy. Okay. And uh, the the head chef, I was like, oh, yeah, I just want to intern. He's like, nah, fuck it. You're going to be guard manger, which is like the salad station. Okay. Fancy word for salad station. <laughs> He's going to be like, you're going to be guard manger. I'm like, what? No, I just want to intern. I just, I just want to help out and do shit for free. You don't need to pay me. Uh-huh. He's like, nah, it's easy. It's really easy. You can do this shit. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. That chef was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yelling and throwing shit. And Most chefs are, man. Yeah. Damn, dude. Uh, so I did that shit for one night, and I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm not going to be a chef. <laughs> <laughs> so, night. Uh, yeah, I started, I started kind of looking for who's going to run the food program. I, I came across a great, great uh, food truck, uh, Grindhouse couple guys from philadelphia and the chef uh he he just blew my mind i mean he had these flavors comfort flavors that were were very special there's only a couple chefs in my lifetime that somehow (coughs) meld flavors together that really take you back to something like your childhood yeah right and that's when i'm like what the fuck like this is so familiar and of course, good tastes tastes good, but I can't put my finger on it, and that's just kind of the shit that really teleports you and makes you just amazed by meals. I've had a lot of expensive meals right. that look good on paper, that's fancy, whatever technique, but you eat it and you're just like, huh, that's all right. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah, it wasn't life changing. It yeah. wasn't you know I, you? I could appreciate the organic fresh ingredients yeah, i can yeah. appreciate the hard technique but i appreciate your food in theory not yes. necessarily in actual appetite exactly <laughs> i'm with right there with you <laughs> so this this uh chef wes uh yeah he he had that special thing for me and i was like yo uh you want to you want to collaborate you want to do some stuff for beer belly and uh yeah the, the beer belly was born yeah uh, i was like you handle the food I'm going to handle the beer. He's like, all right, what kind of food do you want? I'm like, surprise me. I, I don't care. As long as there, there's food coming through that doorway, I don't give a fuck. You do you. I'll take care of the beer in the front. But you must realize right now that you that's a very rare breed of of owner of restaurant a restaurant. Restaurant tour, to, right? Yeah, to be like, yeah. y'all handle that section, what you're good at. Yeah. I want to take care of this. Like, it, I feel like that's super A lot of restaurant rare, tours right? are sociopaths. Yeah, it's like, yeah. there's a menu. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Business owners are crazy. Yeah. Restaurateurs are crazy. Oh, Chefs are crazy. Chefs there's are a lot of crazy motherfuckers <laughs> out there, yes. Jimmy's, Jimmy's hey. crazy in his own way. Bro. If you're ever traveling and you guys are trying to find the good drugs, go to a decent to nice restaurant. That wait staff and the back of house, the kitchen guys... They know where all the drugs are at every time. This is why we have the mature label, explicit label on our um, <laughs> on our podcast because Sam just told people, the kids how to get drugs. Yeah, the well, drugs are I'm gonna double back real quick. <laughs> Shout out Sam Adams. You guys sound like you're doing a great job in your business, but fuck Boston. Yeah, yeah, fuck okay. Boston. <laughs> Moving on. That's a fun. You know, it's a fun. So, what fuck you're talking Boston. about? Your uh, <laughs> your chef was Wes. Yes. That's such a. It's a nice Philly thing. I think to. It's like they're really good at taking those. Home cooked flavors and elevating just enough where you know what it's coming from, you know exactly what it is, but it's, it's it feels good. Look at Josh that's, Spice getting in his foodie, dude. That's I'm, my I'm spice, dude. I thought he was get, also getting on his East Coast, like defend the East Coast game. Because he's just like, we don't like the people very much, but they're good at that. I gotta respect them. That's fair, that's fair. I like the nuance. We're all we're all complex and have multitudes. Hell yeah, man. Let's take a break real quick, and when we come back, we're gonna hear about how Jimmy got involved with LAFC. Hell yeah.
Hey, we're back here with Hophead Jim. Jimmy's going to talk to us about just uh, how he got involved with the Los Angeles Football Club, the Black and Gold. As someone who's wasn't very versed in soccer or football culture, but loved beer and food, how how'd you decide to make the plunge into LAFC? Fortunately for me, I had a great in- invitation from uh, someone at LAFC, Bank of California, Corey Breton, who's not there anymore mm-hmm. but uh shout out Corey where we are Corey. yeah Corey <laughs> uh, <laughs> we miss you uh yeah, was, uh, yeah. I, I am he was a good guy <laughs> he, he invited me and uh to be one of the four vendors unique vendors um they said I guess uh they heard we represented LA yeah so like all right sounds good i'm down yeah why not new stadium you know i wasn't too into soccer besides world cup of course being korean and uh world cup soccer uh that's all i really knew and uh and once i i started getting involved and going to all the events my shit got flipped upside down (laughs) Dive into that a little more. What do you mean by flipped upside down? I mean, I think I'm a big community person. Uh, Whether it's the beer community, whether it's the food community, whether it's the Koreatown community, of course, being a CASA president. Shout out to all the CASA presidents out there. That means Jimmy was getting a lot of pussy. (laughs) 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 Doing my volunteer work. You can't see Jim. He don't really get Asian (laughs) glow, but he's kind of glowing right now. But I'm a big community person. As soon as I started getting involved in LAFC and what was going on, it was a serious community building thing. And you can feel it from day one. Mm -hmm. People are genuine. People are from all walks of life. And I mean, that just, that really just carried carried me away. And of course, all the energy that everyone brings to everything. It wasn't just match day. I mean, anywhere. All the energy that people bring Mm -hmm. and the genuine kindness. And uh, it was was automatic family for me. Now, I got to interject here. For the three of you that still read and talk about, you know, when I wrote last year about the Tigers and I I talked to Jimmy and some of his story is, is in that profile too. But correct me if I'm wrong, you guys, the TSG Tiger Supporter Group, had already started hanging out a little bit at Beer Belly before Jimmy was announced as the first, uh, you know, vendor at the stadium. Or did that all about happen about the same time? Yeah, I mean, everyone in K-Town knows Beer Belly. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's right there. It's local. It's central to everything. And to be honest, like the craft beer scene in Koreatown, to this day, 2019 is not like popping like that. So if people want an IPA, you go to Beer Belly. Yeah. That's, that's where you go and create time for it. So we were kind of looking at that. I think we saw some of the buzz around the food, especially the duck fat fries. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But, um, yeah, it just was It was a little different. The beer selection was way wider than what every other bar in Town was offering. So when we had a chance to hang out with people from K-Town and not K-Town, Beer Belly was, was kind of a, a like a local, local unique spot. Like you said, it's Koreatown is a community. It's, it's a little unique to everything else and everyone that hangs out regularly in Koreatown is pretty in tune with what's going on in Koreatown Mm. so when something new comes in like Beer Belly everyone heard about it we're we're Asian when social media goes it goes and uh, when Beer Belly came in they came in with a good presence like you know all the all the that's when the food like you said the foodie culture was going all the foodie blogs and and, you know uh, newspaper whatever all that talked about beer belly so mm-hmm. if you were hanging around k-town you knew about beer belly and it's kind of if it's new then that's usually where you're going to take a date or checking out with your friends whatever it is but you know they did a great job with their marketing finding a chef and all that mm-hmm. um so yeah everyone everyone that hangs out in koreatown has probably been to beer belly at least once but amazing thank you no but you're and and you're like okay like there's a new stadium there's this team like making your stuff at your spot having your beer 
like, were you worried that that was going to be like a challenge to do at the stadium? Has it has it been difficult in some ways, or has it like been a dream from like the first time you got in there? Oh, of course, it's been difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work trying to make sure that the product is consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and the game of soccer is unique, where you have two halves that don't have any stoppage. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So really, we are trying to pump out as much food and beer as possible before the start, mm-hmm. before kickoff, and... 15 minutes. And that 15-minute window at halftime? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And no one, no one really wants to get out of their seat to miss any action. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's a challenging thing, but I've done a lot of music festivals and uh, running a restaurant slash bar for you don't, you don't gotta undersell it you, you kind of run you run a little bit of a beer operation out there in Coachella yeah. am I right yeah I did the whole craft beer program and don't know if you ever heard of it guys yeah. Coachella <laughs> you know Coachella for, don't know uh, if you've ever heard of it gross. don't know if you've ever heard of it everyone already knew about Coachella and uh, like everyone except black people and then Frank Ocean saying about it and then everybody knew about Coachella so if you guys ever had a craft beer at Coachella and you see a cute-ass Asian guy, thank him, because he's bringing that to you. He's bringing wow. that straight to you. And if you mistake another Asian guy for Jimmy, then give him love, too, because he's Asian guys need more love. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, working with music festivals and, and all of that is kind of that uh, building a restaurant in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere, kind of that Burning Man community thing where it's just like fuck it we're just gonna set up in the middle of nowhere and do our do our thing mm-hmm. so i i've worked with that a lot and uh, the bank of california of course they've been great they provide so many resources they're they're responsive and they do um anything and everything that that we need so uh it, it's been a it's been great and mm-hmm. we're just constantly trying to improve the quality consistency and service in in those short windows which are before kickoff and ha- halftime right. yeah like retail rush hours on crack yeah, yeah no i mean I, I i sort of neglect to think about that even myself when i'm like running around at halftime trying to do something yeah. but imagine if that was like your your one window mm-hmm. when you're trying to like make stuff pop because it's true like people don't want to miss the action the better the team gets the better the atmosphere gets you don't want to be away from your seat mm-hmm. right one big improvement we did make this season mm-hmm. is a beer-only line. I, I saw like, that. Yo, man, people are waiting 20 minutes in line just to get the Mumford Brewing IPA. Let's let's not do that. Let's let's have a separate beer line. People who just want the good beer because we're the only stand that has the good beer. Right. Let them go get their beers, mm-hmm. and anyone that wants food, they can stand in the regular line. Right, right. So yeah. How did you see that work after game one? Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. That was great. Uh, awesome. I hope I hope people catch on because now you got an express line to solid beer. Right. Yeah. Break it down. Break it down for what you know, just so people understand what you mean by the only the only stand that has the good beer. Fortunately, they let us serve unique beers at the stadium. Usually, there's uh, there's contracts or sponsorships, but so I curate my own list at the beer belly stand at the bank. And we have three Weavers Expatriate IPA on tap. We've got Mumford Brewing IPA on tap. And in the cans, we've got Modern Times Black House for people that want the dark beer. It's, it's awesome coffee and chocolate notes. Um, and then we've got a cider from Stoke Cider that's blueberry and pineapple. Uh, nice cider for people that want cider. Uh, and then we've got um, uh, a wheat beer from Refuge, Blood Orange Whip Beer. Ooh. I actually just brought in that can <clears throat> because it's black and gold. Yeah, <laughs> it's a black and gold can. There it is. It's That's about branding, branding, guys. Bro. It's a solid beer. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but the can is black and gold. So it was uh, written, dude. It was meant to be. Yeah. It was meant to be in our freaking stadium, man. I had to bring that in for the. Uh, for the blue moon kind of wheat beer mm-hmm. people, There's and a then crowd, yeah. and then we've got modern times ice, just the easy drinking, can beer, uh, replacement for Heineken. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't buy that Heineken bullshit. Oh, Heineken's yeah. disgusting. Come get a modern times ice. <laughs> 
This is how considerate Jimmy is. Dude, Jimmy, your beer selection was like seven beers deep. Like this yeah. is for yeah, a different often? beer for each each kind of mood and person and fan who drinks it. How often are you rotating? Game by game? No, you'll wait like it, a month. It's not that crazy. Mm-hmm. No, I mean we'll, we'll keep it for the season. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unless there's any real pressing issues, mm-hmm. but last season pretty smooth throughout mm-hmm. and uh yeah this can, is I, can i ask you what your what your best-selling beer was last season just out of curiosity of course three weavers expatriate ipa yeah. solid all across Shout the board out to inglewood breweries everywhere right all from the wood yeah Woo. there it is right off the freeway you know when lee Wynn kicked the the ball through the donut mm-hmm. on randy's yep. donut if he kicked it the other direction and the wind caught it a little bit it probably would have hit three weavers where they're yep. building that. they're right oh, next yeah. to each other yeah just for all the people who 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 want it now do you remember the first time where you saw, you were like, you realized that this community was special or different in a way that you hadn't seen before for a guy who's such a community-minded person? Like, when was like one of the first moments where you like, was it a rally or whether it's like a drum session where you're like, wow, this is kind of weird but also potently powerful kind of thing? Like, what when did you see that happen? It was the kit release, at the row. At the row, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, that was that was a a very beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out Ben Chi for putting that together. Yeah, man. Shout out Lucy Pinja. It was so amazing. Everyone gathered, um, rooftop of a parking lot. Uh, the team came out. The owners came out. The backdrop, the beautiful backdrop. Mm-hmm. You had downtown LA backdrop. Beautiful. Uh, I saw so many friends that I knew from before mm-hmm. that have always talked to me about LAFC from day one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. One of them is one of the first season ticket holders. Mm. Yeah, Will. Uh, LAFC Will. Yeah, LAFC Will podcast. LAFC mm-hmm. No, LAFC podcast. Yeah, LAFC podcast. Will. Oh, shout yeah. out to LAFC podcast. Shout out to Will. Yeah, I mean, uh, tell Will you got to put another podcast though. <laughs> Twitter is waiting. Right, uh, but seeing familiar faces and at that kit release event. Um, the 3252, the drums, the people, Lord Commander, the <laughs> family, everybody at the tables, you know, putting together custom merch, doing their thing. Uh, that, that, was, that was really special. And I, I saw all ages from kids to grandparents. Mm-hmm. It was such a beautiful yeah. scene. Uh, and then turning up with them. I mean... <laughs> Jumping, singing, chanting, smoke bombs. <laughs> it was it was truly the uh, the eye opening kind of like it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, we'll fuck with you. Right. We we are gonna fucking turn up and have a good time. Yeah, man. That's that, that's really it. At the end of the day, right? It's people from all walks, just weird being like, "Yo, we're together on this. We're fucking with you on this." That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys got? Well, I was gonna say let's take a break real quick and we'll finish it up uh, in just one, one more, one more moment. And we are back. Tea time with Dweez. The rain's pouring. The water's pouring over the leaves. Of it never Oolong rains fame. LA. It never rains LA. So, we got Jimmy here for a few more minutes with us. He's been kind enough to, to tell us some stories, to give us a little bit of history about Beer Belly, about beer in Los Angeles, about all the things that the good people care about. What I want to know from Jimmy is what his personal favorite memories were from season one. Wow. That's that's such a hard one. I mean, there's so many favorite, memorable, historic moments. Uh, I, I honestly, honestly, swear to God, can't just pick one. Give us a couple. But uh, let's go talk. Uh, to you. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you one of my favorite memorable moments. Away day in Portland. Uh, of course, we, we, we went out, we had fun, we represented, but match day, marching to the stadium, marching through the streets, through the streets of Portland, 
this is when it really, really touched me. Singing in Spanish. Hey. Uh, we are marching through the streets of Portland, singing in Spanish. A uh, great chance that the 3252 have uh, in Spanish, of course. And I, I mean, for me, that was just like we are, you know, uh, national. We are um, inclusive, and, and this is us. And you know, it's always been about love. It's it's always been about. Um, making sure everyone feels welcome. There's just ridiculous amounts of kindness, and uh, yeah, being being inclusive and being that community, being that family, being that family. Just you know, in a different place, doing a different thing, uh, representing what LAFC is. Mm-hmm. That was that was kind of one of my like tear jerking moments, mm-hmm. um, and I can't wait. For the next away day, uh, yes, even in Portland, but can't wait. Hell yeah, dude! The Yo, I, I forgot actually about the whole. There's so many things that happened in the Portland day. For those of you who were there and weren't there, but the march was fucking dope. Like in Seattle, it was sort of a very <sighs> quick. You cross the street and you're pretty much at the stadium uh-huh. kind of thing. In Portland, you go through like a neighborhood. I remember somebody like threw eggs at at the at the group, but then there was also like kids who came out and like young kids in like Portland jerseys that were like super into it and like clapping and like giving everyone fives. Yeah, yeah, and you had some, of course, you had some like Nike sponsored or Adidas sponsored like runners like running by like like what the hell is that? You know what is that? What is that like black mass like as Jimmy said like singing Spanish up the streets of Portland. It was special. I, I totally forgot about the march. I, I didn't go to some of the other cities. Like I didn't go to Kansas City, in in uh, San Jose. There's not much of a march, but in Portland, there's a prop. There was a proper march, and so shouts out to whoever whoever thought to do to do it that way. I thought that was really cool. Um, and if yeah, if they do it again this year, you know, LAFC is the one that's opening Portland's new improved stadium this year. So I'm sure right. that there's going to be a lot of fanfare and hype around that. So obviously, yeah, for those going, look forward to that part of it. Um, what about, and, and I'll widen this to Slim and Josh here too. Guys, we're in 2019 now. Um, season's underway. What are What is everyone looking forward to most this year? Um, Jimmy, you can go last this time so you get plenty of time to think about it. We'll make these two on the other side of the table go first. Uh, I'm looking forward to, man, you know what? I, I, I heard uh, Joseph Zacher again on Heart of LFC. He shout said, out after, about shout, out shout out to Jerry. Shout out to Joe. But he was saying that after, before game one against Sporting KC and LAFC, he said that whoever wins this one, the other team will be chasing them the entire season. And so he said that Sporting KC was probably a favorite. I mean, even though they, they were away and they were playing with a weekend team, but the fact that they did not play with the weekend team, they started there. They started their thing, but yep. they still weren't like, let's say, they were coming off. They short were rest. tired. Short rest, right, right. But. I'd say that that effect of they'll be chasing us all season. I want us to win the West. That's what that's what at the end of what October November when we get to it, I want us to be on top of the Western Conference. I want to win, um, be on top of all the, just with all the points, man. That's what I. So think. you want the shield? Yeah, I want the shield. That's what I'm calling. So Josh is going super sporting with it. What about you, Slim? Um, you know what? Like my focus is less on what's on the pitch and really what. The community is all right. Now I'm an asshole. Yeah, I I wanted someone to make Josh. It's not that. Like I, I, you know, like what happens on the pitch is super important. But to me, what I like, my thought process is just, I I want to do everything we did last season, but better. Just just more fun, more organization. Um, just building building the family that that we have been doing up to this far. Um, you know, we're going to continue to run into speed bumps. Uh, when you create a monster like this, it comes with, you know, difficulties and whatnot. But my biggest hope is just that we continue to grow this community and we do it for the heart of, you know, like centered around football. Um, you know, bringing in people like Jimmy, uh, just different people in the community. People that, people like Dweez and myself who probably would have never met unless it was through the scope of football or music. Um, you know, little things like that is what matters to me. I, you know, I, I feel like everyone that 
that falls in love with LAFC, like, and they get past that first layer of the the glitz and glamour of like watching the North End on a match day. Like the people that really fall in love with the next layer of it are people that like value community and and you know like the things that you do within that community and for it to grow. Um, so. To me, that's that's the biggest thing, um, and that's probably the deepest thing I'll talk about on this podcast. Fuck y'all. I think we still, we'll see that. We'll definitely see that this year. Yeah, Jimmy, you got a you got a thing you're looking most forward to? Uh, a playoff win at home. Oh yeah, they all just you know, just one. Celebrate so I could get Buck Wild and get streak. Buck. Get Buck and streak. <laughs> Shout yeah. out sticks. Uh, streak, you said streak. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout oh, out Ken John. You heard it here. I got hairy ass thighs. I look forward to that, dude. Let's I'm fat. It. I'm not really running, so. We <laughs> I look, I'm looking forward to the LAFC community finally embracing the tea drinkers out there. You know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of us. There. They're in the north end. They're in the south end. They're in the press box. They like their tea. They like their oolongs and their pours. And I just can't wait till we can all enjoy some tea like the way we do with beer. They can coexist. What are we just drinking? Just like the different communities of yeah, the North. What, are, what we, are we drinking right now? We're drinking Wenshan Baozhang. It's a Ooh. Taiwanese oolong. It's a Baozhang? It's a strip this? oolong as opposed to the normal Taiwanese bald oolongs, which you'll see. That oh, okay. Strip. All right. It's a lightly oxidized... We still fuck with Taiwanese balls, dude. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I do as well. <laughs> <laughs> And you know Boba was invented in Taiwan. Hey, and shouts out to Boba and all the. That's <laughs> Boba's like the bridge. That's the best shout out we've had. Talk about the fuck. How the fuck do we go from tea to Boba? Well, because because he's like bubble tea and shit. Hey, bubble yeah, tea, tea, bubble tea, bro. Bubble tea and boba. Uh huh. Little known fact. Is that just Asians trying to say bubble? No, no, no. Check it out. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, for those who are curious, and boba's a nice yeah. entry into the tea world. It's a gateway drug. Right, it's like ahead. it's like someone's first edible. They like, never tried weed, and then they try the edible. Boba is a Chinese word that also means boobs, and it was named after a Hong Kong actress who uh, had big ass boobs. And they made these they made these tapioca balls, and they called them. Boba after this actress. I don't remember wow. if she had yeah. tried them and then they Boobs? called it or she was popular at the time it's sexist, and then they called it. Um, so they're, it's, it's, really? it, I mean, it's kind of what it, uh, whatever it is, it's, it's after a body part. Um, so. <laughs> Yo, shout out Dweez for kicking the Asian knowledge, bro. That's some, Yo, shout I think this is why these people that are naming their drinks after boobies. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dog. Fuck with that. Um, All right, I'm going to do my first campaign okay. with, Everyone that listens to this podcast, <laughs> Lawrence Simon, <laughs> he's going to be coming back to the bank soon. I know that LAFC front office wants to probably do like some fucking memorial video type shit. Please, all you hateful dickheads out there, join me when this motherfucker comes out of the tunnel and <laughs> booing the fuck out of him. Let's let him know that he's a piece of shit that we don't like. Okay? I want us to drown out that video that the front office wants to put out. What about taking the high road, Slim? Yeah, for those less hateful. What do you people. mean? I'm high all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough, fair I'm enough. I'm on that road. Hey, I'm not gonna stand in your way between campaigning for you and your community. Hey, this is a this is a power right, we well, can say open what we it think. Up. Who's opposed to it? I'm kind Are of opposed. I think that Josh is a fucking politician. <laughs> I think that the nature of football by nature will make me impose. If if Simone came out and said some negative things yeah. about the club, and if he had it out for the supporters or he had it out for the front office or his teammates, I'd probably be on your level. But at the end of the day, I think the guy was trying to trying to trying to cut a deal. It didn't work out for him, and um, you know, he, you know he bounced around between some teams. I don't like how logical you're being. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Lawrence Simone. <laughs> I get you. Dude. Anyone else have an opinion? All right, so after Simone, I watched you're the, always a nice guy when I talk to you. Hope you're all right. After Best I watched the ESPN Plus video, and I saw that opening goal at the bank, and watched that full fist pump in the smoke with the scoreboard in the background, I was like, one of the happiest moments of my life. It's hard for me to... to it's, it's almost like a different person. I don't even look at Toronto Simon as the same guy. Wait, can I ask you this year. question, though? Who opened it better? A.K.A. Who opened the home opener better? Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. What? Season 2, 
Home opener. I was I was also life changing. Right, I don't know. Let, I don't, I let me interject. The right, Simone Josh. goal or the Dio goal? Mm. That's what I'm saying. Mm. I'll cut it. I'll cut it. Dio goal. Cut the All right. Chase. Wait, wait, wait. All right. So you you said what? Uh, kind of run it back. I said. I oh, said, it was I one was, of the happiest moments of your life. Yeah, yeah. All right. The first time you lost your virginity. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great, right? Probably one of the happiest moments of your life. It wasn't really great to be. <laughs> I mean, it didn't last that long. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be real. You know what, I'm saying? what I'm saying is. My shit lasted like five seconds. Okay. Honestly, if you're saying you lasted like a motherfucker, you're lying or you were on drugs. So yeah, fuck yeah. you. But. You know Josh is clean, baby. But you know what I'm talking about. Just because that was your first best memory. You know what I mean? Just because you, you dicked her down one time. You ain't fucking her no more. So do that bitch. <laughs> bitch. Bitch. I didn't say bitch. I said bitch. Hey, Josh is classic to all his, all his exes, bro. Oh, we, don't, we don't really do that. He fucking but I get you. He fucking hurt. He fucking, he fucking hurt me. I get that. Yeah. But I somehow. You hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> this is, where it's coming. This is coming from, from a place of former love. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get people, But you don't know you love thing, hurt you the most. Don't I got fucking you. run up in here and call yourself the general if you go yeah, and you're talk tail right, right, You're right. You're right. Hey, for Bob, him to want the captain. Bob called him out for it in the ESPN Plus series. Exactly. We all bro, saw it. Straight up. The world, so, the world has seen it. I don't bro, think don't, you need. Don't, I don't think you need to drag his name through the muck, though. No, I do. But there's already, too many people that are all happy. Go. Oh, thanks for the fucking memories, Lawrence Simon. I love you. <laughs> hey, is that uh, my fucking impression of me right now? Kind of. That did sound a lot like Josh. You assholes. Yo, I'm just saying, like. I'm not fucking the first person that I still lost my virginity to. I don't need to appreciate you very much anymore. In the words of the great Ariana Grande, thank you, next. And with that, I think we can wrap up this edition of the FCFC pod before we descend into further Ariana Grande or... Uh, other campaign places. Well, you see Pete Davidson's with Kate Beckinsale? Oh my Dude, gosh. Shut all right. up, I don't know boy, what these guys are talking about. Boy. Jimmy, thank you for hey, coming. Hey, shout out to Big Sean. Dig it down again. Go oh, eat boy. Go eat <laughs> some <laughs> delicious beer belly food at the stadium or outside of it. Shit. They got a... You still got the the, the, the thing in Long Beach? The uh, Yeah, yeah. We got Tiki Bar in Long Beach. Tiki Bar in oh, Long Beach? took over Tiki Bar yeah, in Long Beach? No, they got, they got in, Dude, inside you know beer belly. They have a Tiki Bar. almost got beat up by it. Wow. Another gun story. Tune in next time for uh, the Cambodians and Long Beach story featuring Slim and the next campaign he does. Thank you guys. Have a good week. I love you you guys. FCFC FC 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 FC